welcome to Your Life Matters Soul Connection Podcast with your host, none other than moi, Junie Swadron. Today, I am absolutely delighted to welcome my friend, Elle Grinnell. Elle, welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Junie. I'm so happy to be a part of this and a part of your life. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Likewise, ditto, ditto, ditto. (laughs) So for everyone listening, you are going to want to hear this podcast. Elle Grinnell has over 25 years experience in the neuroscience behind our synapse, receptor, and reward centers of the brain. She has her degree in communication, training, and certifications in neuro-linguistic programming, also known as NLP, negotiation and personality type predictors. As well, she's authored three international best-selling books. Her most recent book is The Team Whisperer, How to Successfully Lead a Cross-Generation Race and Gender Team and is currently becoming a certification for business professionals. Elle's passion for inspiring others began over 35 years ago when she became a certified group fitness instructor, manager and keynote speaker for such influential companies as 24-Hour Fitness and Beachbody's Shalane Johnson. In 1996, she began training with the International Academy of Self-Knowledge, IASC. Um, I-A-S-K. While she became one of only a dozen people on the planet certified to implement the process of transformational meditation, TFM. Shortly after Elle earned her BA degree in communication and started True Speak, her unique business specializing in intra and, sorry, inter and intrapersonal communication, which trains how to get what you want just by asking. Well, that's pretty cool. Just by asking, you get what you want. Tell us a little bit about that, please. (laughs) I'd be happy to. Many, many, many years ago, I was given the book, The Word is Your Wand and Other Writings by Florence Scovelshin. And this gal was famous during the day of the big um, steel icons, you know, like Carnegie and such. So she didn't have the notoriety because mainly she was a woman and she wasn't a gazillionaire. And I resonated so much with the words in her motivational book about how the power of how we choose to put our voice out um, directly influences what bounces back to us or what it attaches to. And so I'm a huge, huge fan of when you first get the language right in your head, the voices in your head, by connecting regularly to your true source, you know, your God light, your universal power, um, whatever it may be, then the dominoes just start to fall in your favor um, because you know what you want. It's divinely inspired and you are consciously aware of the language that makes it so. Wow. And I think too, when we, have that language in our head and we're using it, it does it raise our vibration as well so that is some of one of the ways in which we are in resonance with the universe to receive what we're asking 
Mm, it is. And you know, what's really important, and this is, you know, my training in NLP is that being mindful of how much time we spend asking for what we don't want, right? So say you're having an event and you say, oh, I hope it doesn't rain or, you know, I hope it's not sold out or whatever. You're putting the vibration out there for what you don't want. You're thinking about more of what you don't want than what you do want, right? So you're not saying, you know, oh, I hope the day will be glorious or I hope we get amazing seats um, because, you know, then the ego in our head chimes in or what I call the bully in our brain chimes in and says like, oh, not with your luck or, you know, these other horrible things. And so we have the power to say what we want versus what we don't. Um, so understanding that since our brain is, meant to create and it's positively positive when we dive into that and choose to stay in that pool of amazing um, words and phrases and thoughts and manifestations then life becomes amazing not to say that it's always um, perfect because we are humans um, but it is more amazing than not amazing. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I remember years ago when I first learned these ideals, like uh, concepts and ways of practicing speak, <laughs> the, mm -hmm. the way in which we, you know, talk to ourselves and the way in which we <coughs> use, use words because they're so powerful. Um, I remember one of the things, the examples they, they gave is when you say, oh, I just don't want to be sick anymore. Mm -hmm. These conscious mind here is sick sick mm -hmm. you want more sick and it's just mm -hmm. what you're saying I want to be healthy or I choose to be healthy and it is it's totally turning that around because words have power they are they have energy and so so much now I totally understand what you mean and hopefully those who are listening can understand you know how you can just ask for and receive mm -hmm. what you ask for mm -hmm. through power of the words we use. And you know, Junie, I can give everybody a little um, exercise in this right now. Okay. So if you're driving, no, <laughs> if you are uh -huh. safely able, <clears throat> close your eyes for just a moment. I'm going to tell you a little story and then use your imagination, your mind's eye to imagine what I'm, what I'm telling you. So do not picture a cat. The cat is not running around the tree. It wouldn't run up the tree. Uh, it has no reason to be waving at you right now. And don't even put a dog in the picture. Okay. So eyes open, right? I'm guessing that for most of you, some people aren't visual, so I get that. But for most of you, you saw everything I asked you not to. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the perfect illustration of how the brain can only create. So like if I say, don't picture a pepperoni pizza, bam, there it is. But then you can take it away right? But, but it instantly manifests. Um, because um, what I like to use as an example is when we have artificial intelligence known as Alexa or Siri. And so if you say to Alexa, um, Alexa, don't play Backstreet Boys. Alexa will say playing Backstreet Boys. Because our brain is like emotional intelligence. There's no black or white. It just is. And so since negative things are not, so they're not is, they're the opposite of is, like they're not creatable. So our brains can't not create. So that's why they just hear the part that's not negative. 
And so when you want things, like I said, you, you want to think about, well, what do you want, right? So if people say, well, I don't want to smoke anymore. Okay, I get that. But what do you want? Well, I don't want to smoke anymore. <laughs> but why? <laughs> because I want better health. I want better breath. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Right. So now you're going to say, I, I choose better health or I want better health. And I want to be able to breathe and taste my food again. And da, da, da. that's all the stuff that lights you up. That gives us the emotion attached to the manifestation that brings it to life. And I think it makes it more true and real, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can really align with what you really, really want as opposed to what you don't want. Mm -hmm. And you can get excited about it. Mm -hmm. It's my best question as a coach when people will sit down and tell me all the things they don't want, how crappy their life is and why it's everybody else's fault. And then when they're done, I ask them, well, what do you want? And they sit there flabbergasted. Nobody's ever asked them, what do you want? (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Nobody's ever asked me that question. How do I know? <laughs> well, it's time to ask yourself and I'm listening, right? Good for you. This is a really uh, beautiful way. I loved how you demonstrated um, what not to ask for by saying, <laughs> by saying, don't think of the cat in the tree. <laughs> don't bring a picture, a dog into the picture, right? Mm-hmm. So that really is a wonderful demonstration. So I'm wondering if this might fit into, in your book, you talk about the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and, and you call it the bully in your brain. So what do you mean by that? Thanks for asking that question, because what I've learned as I've been speaking on imposter syndrome is that a lot of people have never heard it. So my first thought is, yay, because if you've never heard of it, maybe you're not experiencing it. <laughs> but right. then my second, my second thought is, Maybe it's buried so deeply, you don't realize that it's even happening. And so as humans, we, as we grow from infants, you know, infants to adults, we are um, designed to be able to handle certain things at certain stages in our life, right? So if I threw, if I threw a 20 pound bag of rice to a three-year-old, they wouldn't physically be able to catch it and hang on to it without falling down, right? Because physically, they're not able to handle, you know, that much weight. Um, The same things happen to us emotionally. So we are able to handle certain emotional um, situations at certain ages. So we only are giving the tools at the age in which somehow genetically, we're designed to believe that we can um, deal with it right? So we get thrown these emotional things that are way beyond our level um, of learning at that time. And what happens is we get emotionally scarred. And um, so like an example I can give is if someone was ever humiliated by raising their hand at school, you know, in the third grade, say, and the teacher humiliates them some way with the answer or asking the question, So at that young age, you learn, don't raise your hand and don't ask questions because you'll be humiliated and that's horrible, feels horrible. And so you could be a 30-year-old or a 50-year-old who still never fully shows up, still never is a front row person that plays big because there's a part of you that was scarred. And, you know, it generally takes more than one, but not always depends on how horrific it was for you to stay stuck. And so this part, this bully thinks it's actually protecting you 
by not allowing you as an adult to stand up, be a front row student and raise your hand in life. Um, and, but it's not, it's just that it still thinks it's the third grade and it needs to be brought up to speed, um, addressed and talked to. That's part of the work that was mentioned um, in my bio about transformational meditation. So it's not TM, it's really very different, but how do you speak to those voices in your head and know which one is your true source and which one is just your ego? It's really important. So how do you do that? And how do you turn that around? Uh, in a nutshell, right? <clears throat> if you're not working with a professional, there's one simple way for you to be able to do it is to number one, get quiet, right? Slow down, breathe, close your eyes. <laughs> and then um, just ask, you know, feel yourself connect to your true source, you know, your God light, your highest power. And then just take a moment to see if you can feel its unconditional love for you, which is always the truth. And then just ask, what is my message for today? And we'll do something like this um, at the very end, Junie, so we, we can close with the little practice. But um, Fabulous. what happens is if your ego talks, it's kind of chastising, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, you remember when you were an idiot or no, this is when you <clears throat> this is when you always flub up or, you know, whatever the language might be. Then, you know, it's not your true source because your true source is loving, benevolent, kind, supportive. Um, it's told it's told it it could be a little bit chastising I guess but in a very loving way you know not in a very uh, finger wagging chastising way so that's the main way you can tell is like what are you hearing does it sound loving and kind then it's probably your true source if it sounds chastising and blaming <clears throat> then it's for sure your ego thank you thank you yeah and if we just even identify it in the body too does this feel good mm -hmm. <laughs> what you're hearing Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. If it doesn't not feel good, it's probably not your higher higher source and higher power. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, how does this imposter syndrome show up in our professional lives? Ooh, well, I'm a big fan or believer, I should say, that um, there's a saying here in the United States where there's the separation of church and state. Um, and I believe that, you know, and, and that's not necessarily true, um, but I also believe people think that there's a difference between professional and personal life. Um, there's not a separation. So if there are issues in your personal life, it will for sure show up in your professional life. And so if you're feeling insecure, not worthy, less than anything like that, then you won't be achieving professionally at a high level that you're capable of because that voice in your head will tell you you're not qualified or if people find out about you, you know, or any of that. <clears throat> so um, it shows up in the professional life in the way of not getting promotions or raises or not leaving a job that's not serving you, um, not going after your passion. Like so many people just show up to work for the work, not for the passion. Um, and stuff like that. So that's how it looks in your professional life. But it really goes back to your personal, how you feel about yourself as a human being first. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's usually who we feel we are, no matter whether, no matter what's going on uh, with us, mm -hmm. whether we're at work, whether in the grocery store, whether it was with our family, whether it's with our friends or family of origin, doesn't really matter. So much of it has to do with who we are and that's the energy that we carry into every situation 
So would the same apply in terms of recognizing whether which which part is is speaking to us? The same kind of thing, like you said, you can kind of look in your reality and see whether or not you're doing what you love or whether or not, uh, you know, if you're not getting a promotion or something, and then just ask the question um, internally to mm-hmm. ask for guidance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really simple. So the question is never why. It's very rarely why, because when we think, why does this always happen to me? or Why don't I get what I want? The best question to be asking your true source is, what do I need to know about this situation? Or how can I improve my situation? Because now you're going to get some really concrete action steps. Right, right. That makes so much sense. Hmm. But how, when it's, is it ever really uh, the two voices of the bully or just good common sense? Are they, can mm-hmm. you, how do you tell the difference between a message that comes through that's right. or someone that you feel is criticizing you, especially if you've got a trigger around being, you know, put down, criticized, judged? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is that's that such a such a good question. So I I believe there's two ways to clarify that. So first of all, you know, our ego is not always out to get us. <laughs> also out to you know help us and support us it just doesn't know the difference between an old program right and and what's up now in 2021 but um so say for example if you're maybe you're not being mindful right you're walking to your car and kind of digging through your purse and so your ego might say it senses some danger and it might say to you hey pay attention dummy (laughs) and so that's actually good advice um your ego is protecting you from possibly somebody who's considering you as a target right so you'll know um because it when when the when the message is strong from your ego and it feels either powerful or direct or intentional that's one thing but when it feels chastising or mean um then, then that's another. So one way is to remember that your ego is very often out to be your champion, um, but how does it make you feel, right? So you, you'll, you'll kind of feel into that when you become more aware of the voices that are going on. And then the second thing is um, you're, you're, there are just some things that are just you, right? There's a million ways to be a human. And so for me, one of those avenues of being a human is not math. Mm-hmm. Anything about math is not me. <laughs> so <laughs> when I say that, it sounds like a limiting statement, right? It's like, oh, well, as long as you say that about yourself, it will always be true. And I believe in that 100%. I could be better at math. Absolutely. I could spend some time and energy into improving that skill. Absolutely. But would the value of the time be worth it? No. My time would be better spent in research on the neuroscience of how the brain processes information. Now that lights me up. It's a little scientific. It could be mathematical in a roundabout way. So sometimes our brain is just telling, our ego is telling us things like just not to be wasting time in that area. That's just not our gift and talent. 
Um, but if it's calling you stupid or an idiot, then that's not a good thing, right? So if it's just saying, you know, hey, why don't you ask for help with your um, bookkeeping because it's taking you too long and you need somebody who loves that kind of thing. So does that make sense? Especially the last part. <laughs> you can relate. Yeah. Oh, I, yes, I can. So I hired someone. Um, yeah, because numbers aren't my forte either. And um, But, you know, what I found, Al, across the board, whether no matter how much somebody has achieved, those voices in our head can just slay us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so is there, like, what? What are some like action steps beyond what you've told us for reclaiming our power back and just banishing the bully? You know, not the one that says maybe it's a good idea that you're not so great and massive. Maybe you should hire a bookkeeper. You know, maybe you hear it more sarcastically, but not like that. The ones that you say, you know, you're an idiot, you're a jerk, you've never mm-hmm. gone over a mountain, anything. Because, you know, I think so many people, even after those people that originally said that to them, they could be long dead. We just take off over, <laughs> you know, wherever they left off and keep going with it and feeling terrible. We just never feel like we're enough. So what are some of the things that can, you know, that people can practice to really get a handle on not paying attention to that part and, and, and developing the other part that mm-hmm. really loves ourselves. So if you think about your life being cognitive um, and action steps that you can cognitively do, right? Like keep a journal or, you know, things like that. A good cognitive tool is to hear the voice, recognize that it spoke, and then to start having a dialogue with the voice in your head. So The first question you can ask is, according to whom? So if the voice says you're an idiot or you're lazy or whatever horrible label it wants to give you, you're going to stop and say, according to whom? Now, very often, you'll find out the source of that. So they'll say like, oh, you know, according to Aunt Lois, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like you said, oh, she's been gone, you know, 32 years. (laughs) So now how valid is that statement? So then you can literally tell your ego. It's like, okay, well, you know, she's been gone a really long time and that is no longer true. Thanks for sharing. um, But there's no need to ever tell me that again. So that's a cognitive tool you can ask when you hear those voices, according to whom, Um, especially when they use universal qualifiers, right? So when they say, oh, you're always late, you know, no one can count on you. You're going to say always. And then the brain immediately will have to say, well, no, but most of the time, most of the time, well, yeah, you know, according to whom. So you're going to start to challenge those voices instead of letting them just say what they want to say and just being like, well, yeah, you know, that's just how it is for me. Don't accept it. Don't take it sitting down any longer. Stand up and say, I hear you talking and this is the truth. So you're going to ask those questions according to whom and challenge those universal qualifiers. And then just let the ego know it's 2021. Things have changed now. You need to get on board or you can leave. So you're, you're not being a bully to a bully. You're just standing up and no longer cowering in the corner. You're saying, you know, I don't fear you anymore. You don't run my life. But if you want to be a part of my life, you're welcome. As long as you're supporting where I'm headed now. I love that. That really 
is these are great tools great tools you're right it's really standing up for yourself standing up for you know those two okay maybe it's an internal message but you got it Mm -hmm. you know you got it from somewhere to begin with because we don't Mm -hmm. come in like that you don't get born and you know and getting questioned by you know you're an idiot you're breathing you're supposed to stay inside the womb i mean it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen that way so we've learned it from someone so you could even write a letter to who was it and to auntie whoever you said that gave you those messages in your mind or have a dialogue on paper and just get your voice out to stand Mm -hmm. up to those people and then I think a big part of it for me too is to think back to when aunt so-and-so or mom or dad whoever it was that was giving us those messages of how we felt at the time and to to imagine that four-year-old eight-year-old six-year-old 12-year-old whatever it was to start having compassion Mm-hmm. for that part of ourselves you know would you say that to your kids would you say that to a niece or nephew or a little kid on the street mm-hmm. you know no probably not hopefully not and so to really realize that part that's that you're still beating yourself up with with those words you know you're an idiot I love mm-hmm. what you say according to whom to really as soon as you become aware of the words that you're saying to yourself as soon as you become aware of it and start to become aware of it, start to notice what you're noticing, then that's an opportunity to make those changes. Yes. And Junie, that's why the work that you do is so valuable because you help people feel safe in writing out those thoughts and memories and stories. So I call it the hamster wheel of your head, getting it out of the hamster wheel. Um, Because if you've ever seen a a hamster, or gerbil, or whatever, run in the wheel of the cage, run, 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 like crazy. They're running top speed. And then they'll stop and they'll look out of the wheel for a sec. And then they'll get back in the wheel and start running like crazy. And then they'll stop and they'll look out. Nothing changes. And that's what happens when you keep those voices in your head. You're like that hamster running in the wheel, looking out, seeing that nothing's changed. And you think if you just keep running really hard, something will change, but nothing will change until you get out of the wheel. (laughs) I love it. And while you were describing it, I was taking that little hamster on the wheel when it stops and putting it in my hand and rubbing its little head and saying, you don't have to do that, sweetheart. So (laughs) No, because I've been that hamster boy, both in the pace in which I run my, my, my business and, you know, years ago more so in terms of the messages I told myself. That's yeah, so that's really- why it's valuable to get it in writing, right? Get it out of your head, get it in writing. And then some people like to do ceremonies where you burn it or you tear it up or you bury it or something like that. If that calls to you, you know, there's some value. So that's another cognitive skill, right, is to be writing it out and then if we can just remember to be a little more childlike, like what you were saying, and not be so mean to ourselves, because if we make mistakes, which we all do, we're supposed to make mistakes. That's how we learn. That's part of the human experience. But as we get older, we're really mean to ourselves about it. But when a baby's learning to walk and they stumble, everybody applauds like, yay, good job. And the baby gets up, woohoo, you know, and video of it and video basically of the baby taking like three steps and falling down. So there's a lot of failure and everybody's cheering for the baby's success. But we stop doing that when we get older because nobody in those videos is going stupid baby. You're never going to learn how to walk. 
spirit is fat and lazy, but we do that when we get older. We get really mean to ourselves and we don't encourage our stumbles that lead right. us to bigger and better things. So yeah, be more, be more kind to ourselves. Talk to ourselves like we would, you know, a baby or a three-year-old. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where, you know, when we've been told those things, that's where we, we become perfectionists. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to make those steps, mistakes because we'll get criticized again. And then being a perfectionist is crazy making in and of itself because we just don't offer ourselves any compassion. We don't kind of any slack. It's like nothing's ever good enough. So these are beautiful. And you know, um, I'm a firm believer that for the most part, People don't wake up every day and go, how can I screw up my kid today? But as adults, we like to blame our parents for all the reasons why we are either inadequate or whatever it might be. And, you know, it reminds me of when my dad used to introduce me as this is my number one should have been a son. It was really deeply hurtful because it happened over and over and over and over again. But as I finally grew up, <laughs> I realized that my dad wasn't raised with much love and appreciation. So he didn't have the skill set to bring that forward. When people teach us as little girls, sit down, be quiet, be demure, cross your legs. Then we grow up as women to never feel like we can speak our voice because it's not what little girls do or whatever. When those people were teaching us that, it was just an old school way of thought of that's the way to get a man is to be cute and quiet <laughs> and just sit there and be pretty. That's truly not even close to being the case any longer. Um, but those those old voices will still speak to us that way. Absolutely. I remember the first time I got a job as a writer and um, it was a, it was a part-time job and I was a freelancer and I was living in a different province. I was in Montreal. My family was in Toronto. And so I could hardly, I was so excited. And I, I, I called my, my folks and my dad said, well, that's really nice, honey, but when are you going to get a real job? So it, it crushed me. But mm -hmm. later I realized for him, it was about how will I pay the rent? How will I make a living? It didn't make sense to be have a job as a writer for, you know, every now and again as a freelancer. And even though I was so excited because I always wanted to, to be a writer and to become professional at it, it that just that comment alone set me back years mm -hmm. uh, I thought yeah I guess he's right so I went and became a secretary for years I uh, learned to type but you know <laughs> I learned to know more about what I didn't want but the point being is that also when I thought about where he was coming from he was trying to protect me he was trying yes. but you know you don't know that at the time so as a as an adult you're just to be able to put on that hat as well and say it wasn't out of meanness it was about protection. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've been talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, ego is sometimes there to protect us and, and until we grow it up and say, you don't need to do that anymore. This is a new time, a new age. And uh, this is what I need. If you want to hang on board with me, you better <laughs> listen up. With your recent book, The Teen Whisper, tell us more about what is in there and all those things that you are talking about that you feel relevant right now? I think the biggest thing about the Team Whisper is I finally decided to write a book about communication skills. And communication has been 
what lights me up, words. I'm a word nerd. I'm a linguist. I'm a writer. And I began to realize that a lot of people are not those things. They're not exposed to reading or they don't enjoy reading or they haven't read a lot. So they don't have a, a vast word library in their head. And they only know how to communicate how they were taught. And then they become managers. And there's just a lot of people that don't enjoy their work because of their boss. Um, they might enjoy their work if they had better leadership. And so I felt it was really important to teach people the different communication skills that we all have and to go deeper into like there's that famous book by I want to say it's Gary Chapman, um, The Five Love Languages. I, it helps people really understand how other people love you. They're just loving you in a different way that you, you can't relate to. So the Team Whisperer is all about how do other people communicate? And how can you communicate to them in a way that they'll understand what you're saying and want to be on your team and want to show up every day and feel like they're being seen and heard and included? Yeah, that's so beautiful. There really is a distinction. And it's important, I think, because what is more important in life than learning how to communicate in the way that we want to be heard. And not everybody speaks the same language. I don't mean just a different language of English and French or Spanish. And, and we have, thanks to, I'm going to say television, learned to become very, very, very poor listeners. And every generation since then has become worse than the generation before it. Things have to happen fast. They have to happen now. They have to be really direct. You know, let's just get right down to business. Whereas back in the days of just radio, listening was the key skill. And so uh, there's a lot in the book also about improving your listening skills and how to quiet the head uh, voices so that you can actually hear what the person is saying versus while they're talking, you're formulating your answer. And you think you're a good listener because you're not interrupting, but you're still not listening. Isn't that true? Yeah. There is a, it's a real art to learn to listen well, to learn to listen to everything, to being to what's not being said, mm -hmm. to, right? And to listen in a way that you're not waiting to just bite in and say what you need to say, but to really hear and respond to what you're hearing. And if you don't hear it well, and just ask, oh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what you meant by that. So it's, it's so important, and especially today, when, as you say, everything's so fast. You know, years ago, we wrote letters. And it's, it's that art of writing a letter. It's that process of being able to write a letter to someone we care about. And really, when you do that, and you take a pen and a paper, and you're just thinking about that person, that one human being. Exactly. And right. And then you put that letter in, in, in an envelope and you mail it. And then you anticipate getting one back. And, you, and the day that you do could be a week or two or three or a month or whatever it is. It's like, wow. And you sit down and you just take the time to read this letter from a loved one. Oh my gosh, I missed that. So now, by the way, that's one of my new books that uh, I just got accepted by a publisher that I'm writing. It's called, If You Only Knew, dot, 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 a book of letters. And you're writing these letters to people you care about. Or, and it's whether they're alive or dead at this point, but you're writing a heartfelt letter to those people too. I, I would really like the culture to start to think about that. 
because we just, you know, you write an email and if somebody hasn't responded or a text or whatever within the five minutes or that day, it's like, wow, didn't they read it? Don't they see the urgency? Don't they like me? I mean, <laughs> all mm-hmm. those. yes. Yeah, we need, we need instant affirmation, uh, confirmation. We're looking to be confirmed constantly. Right. And Instead of just being fine with who we are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, we do need people. We do need people in our lives. We are social creatures. We do need, we do need that. But um, first we need to just be comfortable in our own skin and um, with ourselves. It's true. And I think in terms of the communication, I don't really think that the young people today are necessarily going to start writing letters, although I hope that maybe they will, especially these days when nobody can get into hospitals other than the person that's sick or seniors' residences. What an amazing thing that would be to write a letter to your aunt, uncle, grandparent, whoever, father, mother, whoever it happens to be, friend that's mm-hmm. in a hospital or for them to receive a letter. Wow. But the other thing too, for those people who... And that's like us too, our age, our generation. We're all online. Here we are. We're online. So emails and text messages and every kind of communication that's using a device, I think it's also really important to take the time to hear how we, once something's written, you've said and you've pushed send. It's your voice out there. How do you want to be represented? Think about what you want to say and how you want to say it. And and take the time. I'm one of these, you know, old school that I still in an email love to hear, dear Junie, not just a and with a salutation. I mean, I'm sorry, with a, with a signature, love so and so, or hope you're, you know, or stay well, so and so, or whatever it happens to be, as opposed to really quick, just get it done fast with no signature no whatever i like kindness you know it just takes a moment more to write out something that's thought out and you know the person who is writing it is really writing it to you and because i'm also a writer i'm i will read my email before i send it and i'll just do such silly things like maybe i use the word there too many times and like okay what's another word for there right so I even I, I write even my emails like they're going to be published before I well, send them. maybe maybe it was drummed into us so much I mean you and I met as you know to celebrate the fact that we've just written a book and so we, we met in Washington DC and all of us all the cohorts who had just written a book <laughs> we had to learn how to write in a way that well we want people to read those books but I I hear you if there's nothing wrong with taking the time to reread what we've sent and or before we send it what we've written before we send it not necessarily just to change English and grammar or whatever but to just know that we are sending a message that represents us in a way we want them to hear us and And maybe don't send it like I wish a lot of people would not have posted stuff they post on Facebook I'm like did you read that before you hit post like how many Mm -hmm. people are reading this what you're putting that's um, it. So sometimes just write it, but don't send it. <laughs> just get it out of the hamster wheel and let it let it be. That's what I talk about a lot in uh, in terms of you know, one of my books called "Write Where You Are," and so it's about write, writing where we are in the moment. And if we're really angry with someone, 
you know, write an angry letter, an angry, uncensored letter, accusatory letter, which you never, ever, ever send. Just get it out of your body. But, you know, you can just write and write and write and so that you move the energy around. So when you're writing a, an angry, blaming, you know, uncensored letter, that's the purpose of that is so that you're not just blurting out that stuff to someone. No, you get it out of your system. And often when we do, we can see our part in the in the debate. We can see how we colluded or whatever, but we leave some time for the energy to shift. And like I said, no, like you said too, not in Facebook, not in an email, not in a letter, nowhere other than for your eyes and rip it up, burn it. Don't leave it in a journal on the coffee table. <laughs> You'll have moved on, but the person reading it won't. <laughs> exactly. So, Elle, what, what's next for you? Well, I have a one-day event on September 21st, which is just around the corner, called the Ultimate Thrive Event for High-Achieving Procrastinators. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell us more. High-achieving procrastinators. That's an oxymoron. If I've ever uh, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I feel like it will call to a lot of people, just that title alone, that want to learn how to make that happen, how to make that oxymoron a real thing instead of straddling the fence. Uh, so basically in the one day, it's just a lot of content like our conversation here today about how to shift those things that aren't serving you cognitively as well as um, non-consciously and then give people the opportunity to work with me one-on-one. That's the whole purpose is for them to understand how I do what I do and how it serves them and then to spend some one-on-one time so that I can help them understand their specific dialogue and communication skills and how to polish that up and um, help their brightness shine so that they do show up bigger, right? That front row person bringing their brilliance. And earlier I had mentioned that we would do one of those tools at the end. So this is the non-conscious part. We've been talking cognitively about mm-hmm. a lot of ways to help people. And this is something that goes a little deeper inside. So it's just a little, maybe like three minute exercise and I would encourage people to be as non-judgmental as possible while it's happening. So if you're not seeing what I'm seeing or you're not feeling what I'm asking you to or whatever, just let it go. Just be along for the ride and just breathe and relax and be grateful for three minutes of just slowing down (laughs) and breathing and being present, which is really super duper for our um, overall mental and physical health. So again. If you are not driving, if you're in a place that's safe, begin by closing your eyes. And what that does is it minimizes stimulation. It allows you to be more present physically without the external distractions. And then next, focus on your breath. So you're breathing in deeply through your nose, if possible, or nose and mouth. And then exhale out through the mouth a little deeper, longer and slower than you normally would. And then just relax. And we'll do that two more times. So breathing in big and deep and full. And then exhale deeper, longer and slower. And then this time give a little push at the bottom and relax. Noticing that generally we can exhale twice as long as we inhale. 
and allow yourself to do that now. And then lastly, we're going to do it one more time. In big. Exhale out. Mm, deeper, longer, and slower with that little push at the end. And with more oxygen in the body, that means more oxygen in the brain and all the cells. And these big breaths allow you to travel to the alpha level of consciousness where the brain is not as chatty. And then now just connect, visualize in your mind's eye, your true source, your higher power, your God light however that may look or feel. And then just ask this simple question, what's my message for today? And then if that message felt empowering, encouraging, loving and kind, and say thank you for the message and take it back inside where you can remember. But if it felt a little chastising, then just say thanks for sharing. But I'm here today for the truth. And then allow that message to just drift away like a leaf on the sidewalk on a windy day and be gone. And then lastly, just take your hands and place them over your heart and just tell your body, thank you, I love you. And really feel it. I love you for everything you do for me every day without me having to ask. And I promise to be a better custodian of this temple that houses my soul. And so it is. And then go ahead and just relax. Notice how just those few breaths have brought you a little peace. And when you're ready, open your eyes and come on back, taking all the time you need. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yay. Beautiful. Of course, I did it. And... Um, I love taking those breaks in the middle of the day through breath, the conscious breathing, mm-hmm. getting that part of what do I need today or what do I, that's what I heard anyway. For me, it was to do more of this, <laughs> you know, basically it's to get off the hamster wheel now, today, mm-hmm. later in the day for me, to take a walk, to go out and, and walk. And that's exactly what I intend to do. That was beautiful because that reinforced what I wanted to do. And now I'm choosing to. And, you know, I like to say that getting into nature is a human hard reset. If you're feeling a little glitchy, get your shoes off and go in the grass or somewhere where you can connect to the energy that is the earth and um, recharge your battery. It is so true. And it's practically instantaneous. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I hope that this will work. It works. It's just there. It's just there. The energy that the forest, the, the ocean, the earth, 
um, the park, whatever it is that offers us is immediate. So, yeah, and like the breath, it's so simple. Just make the choice to do it. Absolutely. Well, this has been so incredibly important. I mean, I so appreciate you, Al, and for what you offer. You know, some of these things might appear obvious, but I think not so much the practice of them. Right. So you brought to us the ways in which we can actually resolve some of these voices in our head, where they come from, and how to change those, and how to look at the way in which we communicate in a way that's going to really help us, empower us, and move forward. And I love what's coming next. I love what you're doing, because how many people out there have great ideas and great intentions and yet something keeps them back that procrastinate mm-hmm. that just keeps them stuck because of a million reasons so for you to have that program and offer one-on-one coaching for people to recognize what it is that is in the way and to help them move out of the way whatever that needs to be for them it's it's fantastic so I think, um, I believe you have a gift you wanted to offer us for those people who are listening today. Oh, absolutely. So to hop on my calendar, um, so the, the link is there, um, to just schedule a complimentary session with me. So what we did at the end, you know, getting quiet with the checking in, Um, I'd like to offer that to all your listeners to do it personally, right? So I don't know what you heard um, and how to be able to assist you to get the most out of that message. And I would like to do that. Um, So just, and I'm in Hawaii. So um, the times are going to be late for most of you. (laughs) You won't be able to catch me in the morning. (laughs) So um, that would be fabulous. I'd like to connect one-on-one with you all and uh, find out what your source of language is and what you're hearing and what do you want to hear and get that um, on a nice path. That is a beautiful, beautiful offer. So where will people reach you? How can they reach you? Um, They could actually, if they have questions, because if they don't want to hop on my calendar, they just want a little more clarity. uh, Info at truespeak.us. So I-N-F-O and then at truespeak. Truespeak is my business, T-R-U-E-S-P-E-A-K. And then it's dot us, um, dot U-S. And that, that I can connect you. I can invite you to the event through info. I can, um, we can chat a little bit and then get on the calendar if you'd like to do a little deeper. And I'd also, so I was, Junie, I was just inspired. Okay, so if you all go to uh, theteamwhisperer.us, theteamwhisperer.us will get you a free digital download of that book. So if you'd like more about that level of communication, um, you can have that as well. You are so generous. Mm-hmm. And how did you are. Oh, I knew that. But this is these are beautiful, beautiful offerings. And how do people just get book? Like maybe they don't want to do any. They just want to get right to the calendar and book a time with you. Um, how do they do you, that? And I just right. want to, go ahead. And no. <laughs> I'm laughing because because this is um, auditory. I don't have my calendar memorized. Um, so. Be, on your website right yes 
Yes. Right? And the website is. Yeah. And the website yeah. is truespeak.us. So www.truespeak.us. And there's a contact me button, which goes to my calendar. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And it's all going to be here, too, on the Soul Connections podcast. Everything, all of your contact information will be here as well. Fabulous. So, right, which is uh, my website, judyswadron.com. So I really appreciate you and everything that you've offered to us today. It's just been an absolute delight. Thank you so much, Al, for an Al. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. And you know, I have a lot of reasons for living, right? I wake up every day so grateful for another day to share my gifts and talents with the world. And Junie, you know what one of my reasons for living is? One of my many reasons? to be able to hug you one day soon oh god bless you (laughs) oh yes 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 oh i can hardly wait for us to be able to do that both Uh here in victoria and off in hawaii when (laughs) when COVID's over and david and i actually get married and Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of the plans is to go there to the beach um in uh oahu i believe it is yes the ceremony that we're hoping to do so i thank you i all what a beautiful thing to say thank you al absolutely absolutely my dear well thank you for the opportunity of course always to be able to share my message with people lights me up me too so thanks again Mm -hmm.